Thursday, October 12th. This is the Northside Story Podcast. I am your host, Blake Cat Miller. Claws are always up. I'm joined by always my best friend, the commish, Jake Softhands. Baki. Jake, how you doing? I'm doing well. Um, just another winning week in Baki's bets, another losing week for my fantasy team. Pretty pretty on par. That's kind of how it's been going. Yep. What's, the, uh, what's the record so far, Jake? One and four fantasy, um, and we, you know, we'll let you listen to the end of the pod and during Baki's bets to see how on fire I am this season in Baki's bets. Yeah, I'm kind of so-so in my underdog picks, but I'm picking underdogs. What, what are you going to say? I asked you last week, Jake, um, Super Bowl champs. I'm going to go off the board here a little bit. There's also an, uh, a playoff going on in the sport that is called baseball. A lot of fun teams there. It's down to four teams left. We got Texas Rangers, Houston Astros, Philadelphia Phillies with a big win today. With today. Oh, kind of like a mini stroke there. Jeez. Uh, and then the Arizona Diamondbacks. So why don't you give me give me the uh, World Series matchup and who's the winner there? Um, I like the Phillies to come out of the NL. They are just, a, I feel like, the team of, of destiny. Uh, the Diamondbacks have been an awesome story. I just don't think their pitching is going to hold up against the Phillies. So give me the Phillies there. And uh, something about the Rangers as well. There's some sort of destiny with them, I feel like. I think their hitting is very much uh, similar to the Astros. Um, I think they have a deeper uh, lineup. Uh and the pitching, I think, if Scherzer comes back, Scherzer is someone I think that can be a difference maker in the playoffs. They have guys that have been there before, like Yavaldi um, and uh, Jordan Montgomery. So give me the Rangers, Phillies. And then I just think the Phillies and that fan base are just ready for a win. Um, and, you know, I might have to switch. I'm a big believer in sports towns having, you know, um, in different leagues, winning Super Bowls or winning championships at the same time as other sports. So, for instance, last year, the Phillies, the Eagles, and I think there was another uh, Philly team that went to the championship. They all lost. This might be the year that I think that the the city of Philadelphia wins multiple championships. Wow! So you're thinking you're thinking Eagles. Is that what you picked last week or last week? I picked I picked the Niners because uh, I think the mm-hmm. Niners, and that could have been kind of revisionist history. Uh, just with just uh, not revisionist history, but just you know, in the prisoner of the moment, um, and thinking yeah. of how big they beat, like how badly they beat the Cowboys and how bad the Cowboys looked, but how great yeah. the Niners looked. So, um. We'll see if the Eagles perhaps add as the season goes on, maybe some more defensive pieces because at times their defense can be a little leaky. But, um, yeah, who knows? But I am a firm believer, I think, when when a sports team sees another sports team in that city win a championship, I definitely think it kind of gives them that extra motivation to try and bring that momentum to that team as well. Yeah, I mean, now I – Considered as still one of the premier sports, but it's kind of like what's going on right now in Vegas, where you get the Golden Knights and the NHL, and then that Vegas Aces team. They're right now mm-hmm. they're on their way up 2-0 in their series to go back to back. Sometimes cities just get hot, and there's just a buzz. It's almost like Miami, Miami of last year with Panthers in the finals. You got the Heat in the finals. You had yeah. uh, University. Go ahead. 
In 2020, you had both LA teams, although both have asterisks because of shortened seasons, and I will never count the Dodgers and the Lakers as winning uh, those championships, but but they technically did. They both won in the yeah. same year, so you know, very much. You know, I, I definitely think there is something to that. Yeah. So, I mean, real quick, I mean, I I like Phillies as well. I think, you know, like, like you mentioned, Team of Destiny, that team just mashes, and uh, I like Houston. I mean, we we talked about a little bit. Um, I think both teams can hit. I would say it's crazy to, crazy to think, but I think I think Houston's hitting's a little bit more streakier. But I'm going to take that hitting in the playoffs because those guys have done it consistently. It seems like, and I'll take their I'll take their bullpen. I'll take like Ryan Presley. I'll take guys that they can take out of the rotation uh, and be it like late call ups. But and then give me the championships. I think Philly gets it done. I mean that team watching those games. Uh, those fans are like those fans are waiting to just explode every single pitch yeah i uh i uh you you don't see anything like it if you're not a big baseball fan you're you're like why am i why are these guys talking about baseball on a fantasy football podcast because it's electric right now you watch the games it's buzzing through your tv you hear it down the street it's just it's just it's fun time for baseball Glad I got your opinion on it. We've got a lot of opinions to discuss. This is a big episode. We're getting to week six. we got teams separated from each other. we got boxing bets. You're going to have to talk me off of my team, my cliff, that one I'm talking about with my team. So we've got a lot going on. It's going to be a longer episode, but it's going to be a good episode. It always is. We are on two week six matchups. Jake, are you ready to go? I am, and this I this this might be the sneaky best matchup um, of the year that we have in our in our uh, what's it called our our matchup of the matchup week of the week. I think this Very is this might be name. one of our matchup of the year in this specific matchup of the week. I'm very excited for this matchup on Sunday. Okay, well, stop stop teasing me. Let's get going. We got our first matchup that we're going to be talking about here, Jake. We got Rum Runners going against Fitch. Fitch is four and one. Rum runners three and two. Um, projections a little skewed. What's what's wrong with that? Oh, Deshaun Watson's not playing. Thank good. Thank goodness. A Sunday football evening without Deshaun Watson's a win for all of us, Jake. But he has Baker Mayfield on the bench, so we'll just pretend like he's in there. Um, Kyle Pitts is back. Kyle yep. Pitts is back. What a this is the classic. This is the uh, Tank Dell game with Steph goes off. And then trying to chase points with Tank Dell the following week and hits a dud. Mm-hmm. I um, going up against the Commanders, kind of a I don't know, not a great defense, kind of a good defense. I mean, they got wax. No, they got not a good defense. Maybe a, a good tight end defense, but uh, when it comes to wide receiver play, they are not good. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you <laughs> Nick learned Nick learned last week. Uh, you put Kyle Pitts on the bench, he's gonna burn you every now and then, but. Still, besides that, I mean, that's not really the focal point of his team. It's the focal point of his team. Kind of the, the big four that he has with uh, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, Devontae, and Debo. But um, not really talking about a starting lineup. I want to talk to you, though, about uh, – we talked about a lot with Nick's team, the depth that he had on the bench. And with Deshaun kind of getting banked up in a big one, that uh, we thought that Nick would rely on throughout the year for like bye weeks is James Conner. James Conner's out on the IR. That mm-hmm. really starts to thin out his roster, makes decision making a little bit more difficult. But um, anything, anything in note with these matchups? Uh, his lineup, pretty standard lineup that he's been rolling out all year. 
Yeah, um, I do think his wide receiver matchups are tough this week. Um, Debo against Cleveland. Right now they're ranked. Uh, Cleveland's pass defense for fantasy is ranked number one. DeMonta Smith against the Jets. The Jets' pass defense is number two. So you're looking at two you know, players that you're kind of relying on to score you points going up against tough matchups. Now we know that sometimes matchups don't really mean anything uh, when it comes to very good football players. But I do feel like some of both of these guys are kind of reliant at times when it comes to matchups. Like we've seen Devonta Smith go off against really bad defenses, um, for instance, like the Vikings on Thursday night. Uh, but against good, good matchups, he he tends to you know score on the low side. So um, <clears throat> Nick with Kyle Pitts, I know that Nick was tight end hunting this week. Um, he. Uh, I actually reached out to him to see if he would want either just uh, just to gauge interest. Uh, not yeah, that I'm trading. In. Yeah, not that I'm trading Travis Kelsey, but I wanted to hear what his offer would be, and it, it didn't meet my standards. And I asked him about Cole Komet, and he said absolutely not, no Bears, since he is a Packers fan. Um, and then um, Phil sent me a text uh, regarding wow. him and Nick's. Uh, conversations of Nick lowballing Phil uh, regarding a tight end plus Jamar Chase for a couple players that just did not match up. Um, and Nick with the classic, like, Hey, it looks, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that I'm, you know, doing you a favor here. Um, and to which Phil just said, hell no. Um, but those guns as he should, that, that trade was terrible. Um, looking at his team going with Baker, um, against Detroit um, in Tampa Bay. I'm not sure if there's anybody else better, to be honest, on the waiver wire um, with like, you know, teams like a Shane picking up Brock Purdy. Um, and, you know, he's not going to trust Jordan Love. Well, Jordan Love's on a bye. But everybody else, now looking at the quarterbacks right now, I don't really see anybody back else. against the Chargers. I would take that. Uh, no, I wouldn't. Um, I, I don't think da- Dak has shown absolutely nothing this year. Um, mm-hmm. And I can see that being kind of a, a surprisingly low-scoring game, given the fact that the Chargers – had had a bye. They're going to get a lot of the defensive pieces back. Derwin will be back. Joey Bosa will be back. Um, tell him, I, I tell just, him more revenge game too. Yeah, I just it's weird. I, the Cowboys' offense is so bad this year. They're not good. They're not efficient. A lot of that has to do with their offensive coordinator and Mike McCarthy saying that the defense is going to win them games, not the offense. I just feel Yikes. like in this kind of new age NFL, that's just the wrong way at looking at it. Um, you have teams like the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, the Chiefs. Um, even like when the Niners win the Super Bowl, sure they have a good defense, but when their offense is flowing, they are unstoppable. Um, so yeah, you know Tony Pollard on on Nick's team. You know, would you really want to stack a Dak and Tony P? I, I don't think Ooh. that's the way to, to a victory. Um, Nick has tough matchups, and uh, I'm not entirely sure if you know this is a week. I'm not sure why James Conner is not on the IR, and I'd pick up another piece um, to try to see. There's some p- players on the waiver right- wire right now that I don't think that he could start over anyone, but you know, keep on his bench because I'm not a big fan of his depth. I think Gabe Davis is good. Cortland Sutton had a, a nice touchdown catch, but he's not someone that I'm trusting. Um, and James Conner. You know, big loss for Nick, but 
yeah, I'm not sure where where Nick's team really goes from here. He's just got he has to really rely on his um, you know, top end draft picks. Gabe Davis is that guy that you want on your bench so you can tell the league that you have the best bench, but you're too scared to play him. Uh he's a guy that just sits on your bench because every time you yep. put him out in starting lineup, he's a, a two burger. Uh Jeff Wilson Jr. is interesting. I I, I don't know what that running back room is going to shake out now with uh mm-hmm. Arcane going out. So it's a good piece to hold. What's his name? With, like I, I'm not saying it again because you asked me. I'm too scared. Arcane. Archant. Yeah. No, Arcane. Archan. This is like it's like I'm naming Pokemon right now. Fuck. Yeah, not even close. Um so <clears throat> Tyler Boyd, who cares? Robert Woods, who cares? Uh the only matchup that I mean Travis Etienne against Indianapolis is a bad defense. Um Debo against Cleveland. I I I know that this year I've seen some tough games, but uh out of Cleveland's defense, but I mean I looked through their first four games. Played the Bengals week one where obviously Joe Burrow was just an absolute shell of himself. Going up against a bad Steelers defense and our Steelers offense and they gave up twenty six. Mm-hmm. The Titans and the Ravens who will look banged up. So that's not a defense I'm essentially scared about. More scared about like I've talked about in multiple episodes. I'm more scared about his role in the offense with Ayuk and McCaffrey and that's where and, I think it's it's the most is Ayuk because I'm looking at his stats right now and you know three targets last week he caught all targets fifty five yards great thirty yards rushing you're not going to get that on a consistent basis with with yeah. Debo and he only scored ten points and you look at the week before he literally had point six he didn't have a target <laughs> so like the Ayuk effect I think is a real de- is the real thing um, it'll be interesting to see how you know Debo's used this weekend. Yeah, he's got two guys. He's got Debo. He's got Debo and Devontae Smith, both guys that are literally um, the Jekyll and Hyde of the offense. Yeah, I learned Jake. Wow, learned yeah. that in the last episode. Uh, you just got to hope it's their turn, I, can't, I guess, in the offense and getting them involved. Uh, go over to Fitch's team. Fitch is rolling out pretty much the same roster, except Justin Jefferson is placed on the IR. It's going to be extended time. Fitch spent a little extra money, picked up KJ Osborne. I as a uh, Jordan Addison owner, I I'm I'm very nervous about this first matchup. I know uh, Jordan Addison was back to back questionable, but I'm interested. The, the offense is there. Whether they're winning, they're losing. Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball because yep. that running game has been uninspiring. Someone's yep. going to be a beneficiary. KJ Osborne has definitely shown flashes um, in certain games. It seems like kind of uh, leaned on as like a big time big time catch in the in in later in the games. Usually he comes alive. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at his stats before I say it, but uh, especially this year, and I'm thinking back to years past. Never been a guy that was heavily, heavily targeted. Last week he had nine targets, um, and that kind of slosh of a game. But uh, capped out at six throughout the year. Kind of, he's more of a big play guy. But so is Jordan Addison. So I, I, I I'm very, very curious to see where they go with the ball in terms of more of a. A security more of like that preferred option in in Minnesota. I can't think of any other wide receivers there. Maybe TJ Hawkinson is more relied on, but KJ Osborne spending fifteen dollars, especially this late in the season. There's when you look at the waiver wire, there's just not a lot of good options. Let's let's we see like we just saw with Justin Jefferson a big injury or one of the running backs go down. Um, it's kind of slim pickings. Your Puka Nakua's are gone. We'll just say mm-hmm. that pretty much. Yep. So. Picking up a guy like KJ Osborne is pretty good on his part because uh, I I got questions. I, I, I like I always have questions about his tight end, Evan Ingram, Zay Flowers, um, 
And then the bench, Miles Sanders looks like he's going to be questionable. Looks like he's leaning towards he's out. out. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone pick up a someone pick up a wild Chuba on. He is on, on any of the waivers. He's on waivers, so I mean nothing that he has to worry about. But if you're listening if you're listening to this episode before your Sunday, check your waiver wire for Chuba Hubbard. He's been a guy that's when pressed into action. He's put up some good stat lines. Mm-hmm. Um, looking <clears throat> else at his bench, Michael Thomas. God, I love Michael Thomas. I don't. I mean, I don't like the Saints' offense right now, but still, healthy dose of targets this year. Kind of what we expect out of Michael Thomas. Eight nine nine six seven. Just waiting for a touchdown, but. I'm not, not taking Zay Flyers out of this lineup. Uh, this is the big. This is the put up or shut up game for Chris Olave, and pretty much just the Saints' offense as a whole going up against Houston. Houston kind of got shellacked in their last matchup, and um, if if this whole Derek Carr experience is going to work out, it's going to start with guys like Chris Olave uh, being the focal point of that offense. But it just hasn't been clicking yet. But anything else you want to note on Pitch's team? I mean, this is a matchup of, I feel like, two teams that are <clears throat> kind of in similar spots to where, like, decent rosters but bad depth to where, like, yeah. you can't really play certain players or, like, you just don't feel comfortable playing certain players. Um, I mean, Nick with, like, you know, quarterback and tight end, uh, which, he you know, he waited in the draft to, like, really just wait until the very last minute to draft those play- pieces. And then you look at Brian's team – I mean, of course, Justin Jefferson, number one overall. And I would like to just remind everyone, there's been a first-round jinx, so first overall kind of a curse put on fantasy players. The last four years, there have been basically, you pick number one overall, kind of a guaranteed bust. So yeah, just remember that next year um, to to go against the grain as far as picking the, the consensus number one. But for Brian... Was running backs, I'm not a big fan of them. We've talked about this time and time again, but they are somewhat consistent. Uh, DeAndre Swift has a tough matchup, I think, against the Jets. I think that's going to be, uh, I think, a lot closer than people think. Um, Chris Olave, I agree with you. I think this is put up or shut up. KJ Osborne, I don't really know what I'm getting out of him. Uh, one guy I will say that wasn't talked about, but I think is going to be like a sneaky uh waiver wire ad next week because uh, I watched him play I, I watched the entire Minnesota KC game last week and there's a guy named Brandon Powell and this guy mm. is fast he is LA Ram great is he was he I don't even remember what, yeah, yeah he was he there from. he was their kick returner gotcha yeah no he's quick they did some yeah. end arounds with him he had I believe like five or six catches he had seven or eight targets um, and I could see him being someone that Kirk kind of goes to throughout the game. So keep your eye on that. Um, yeah, I feel like both these teams, like even though Brian has a good record, I talked we talked about this last pod, and uh, this is a big game for Nick. Nick going three and three is not where he wants to be. I know that, but also Brian, if he starts losing games without Justin Jefferson in this lineup, um, it's going to be interesting. And I think this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Um, to see anybody play Monday. Yeah, Nick's got Tony P on Monday night, so I think it's going to come down to that. Uh, who do you like here, Jake? Who's winning this matchup? Um, I'm going to go with Nick, just because I think that his players have the ability to hit projections and even like surpass those. 
Um, I just I feel like some of the the floors for Brian's players are really low. Um, for instance, like a Zay or an Evan Ingram, um, a DeAndre Swift. I feel like those players can get you know ten or or below. And I think there are players on Nick's team. Devontae has to have a good game one of these weeks. Um, I like what Travis Etienne's been doing lately. Um, and I do think Tony P, um, I talked about the Chargers defense. I think their pass defense does better next week. But I do think Tony P has a much better better game. Um, so give me Nick's team. It's, it's odd that you didn't like pitches running backs. I, I, I think these are still two good spots for them. I think that Eagles offense... I keep saying it every single week. It's a broken broken record at this point, but that often still gets better. Uh, if there's any strength, if there's any strength in with the Jets defense, and I know they have a lot of strength with their corners and especially their pass rush, I feel like this is a game they're going to run wild. I feel like DeAndre Swift is definitely going to be a beneficiary to that. James Cook against New England, uh, against the Giants. I mean, how many how many games do I need to watch before I or Giants are down two scores and pretty much. Opposing team's already running out the clock on them, and that sets up perfect for James Cook. I'm going to take Fitch in this matchup. Um, I'm, I'm, I feel like since I have the other piece to the uh, the one-two punch for the wide receiver room for the Vikings, then I'm going to be on the short end of the stick. Maybe this is a KJ Osborne game against Chicago on the road. This is still, still early enough this season that maybe Vikings have a little bit more to play for, but they might just air it out. It may just be the beneficiary of KJ Osborne. Expect a big game. I don't expect much out of Chris Olave, but I expect big out of the running backs. See Jalen Hurts getting a little uh, Philly shove or whatever the hell that new name is. But um, yeah, I like Fitch's team. I'm going to take him to win this matchup. Next matchup I'm going to talk about we got the Notorious 5 0, first place, going up against the Law Dogs, ninth place with his 1 4. T Law's back, Kenneth Walker's back. Now, Jake, what um, what responsibility do I have um, having this platform, having this podcast, when Phil texts us asking about lineup suggestions for his team? Should I be indulging in that, or what's the ethical um, like, parameter? I don't know. I, I think when it comes to teams still – you know, haven't been necessarily eliminated. I haven't eliminated Phil. I've not, you know, dug a grave for his team yet. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, once that has happened, then I think we can, you know, uh, you know, throw the guy a bone and just, you know, help him out. But um, yeah, I mean, looking at Phil's bench, just still, hey, what uh, are you gonna do? <laughs> like, you know, we just talked about Shubba Hubbard, and we after, you know. Talking about Brian and Nick's matchup, I decided just to pick him up because I was like, you know what? He's just he he might legitimately be the starter. And you're looking at some of these guys on Phil's bench, like Tank Bigsby. Why? Why are we still holding on for hope? Wandell Robinson, why? Um, you know, even Jerick McKinnon. And when you when you look at when you look at the waivers and you look at projections and you realize that one guy is projected for 11 points and then you look at Jerk McKinnon who's projected for five, there's a reason why that is. So, you know, do a little bit more of, of, of a deep dive, Phil, and uh, figure it out, buddy. But um, looking at Phil's team, once again, I try, I'm try. i trying to get the sun god from Phil. Um, he is being as stubborn as possible. Uh, big news, though. For Phil's squad, his flex play 
um, which I believe might this might be one of the first time, or I should say this, this is it hasn't been it's been a long time I should say since we've had a team start two tight ends. I don't remember the last uh, time it's happened. Can I can, can I did you do you? it? Did you do it? No, he did it. No, he did it last week. No, I'm saying like before Phil's team, like oh, in years past. I have past. done it. I, yeah, I feel like it. you've um, done it once with maybe Njoku and somebody else. No, I did it with the, uh, the No, I did it with the Barnyard Dog. Oh, that's a long, with, long time uh, ago. Gary Barnage. Long time ago. But uh, <laughs> Sam Laporta came up on the injury list today. Did not practice that's with a injury. Um, so we'll see. Um, if, if, if he can't go. I'm not sure where Phil goes with his squad. Um, so already starting the week off kind of on the wrong foot. Um, but, you know, we have guys up here, Jamar Chase, um, very interesting comments from DK today, uh, an oppressor saying that their rookie quarterback who's been awesome. I believe his last name is Witherspoon, but I can't think of his first name. I'm not sure. Very high draft pick. Um, already saying, yeah, I forgot what his first name was. Well, um, already saying that he's going to shut down Jamar Chase to which of course that's never a good idea. I don't know why they say that shit going into the matchup. Um, you know, take your celebration and, you know, doing things after the game or at least during yeah. the game if you're up. But um Jamar Chase, I like that matchup um at home against Seattle. Uh Mark Andrews, I feel like Mark Andrews dropping a pass in the end zone last week. I could see a touchdown from Andrews this week, kind of that bounce back um and going up oh they're in london that's right i forgot they're not yeah it's a london game god this game stinks um you imagine how fucking mad you'd be if you're gonna be in london they have all your all your what do they do quid there what's the currency i don't know pounds pounds yeah you can go watch baltimore and tennessee titans yeah um so yeah, an interesting lineup for Phil. I haven't I haven't, you know, buried his team yet and considered him dead, but might have to after this week. Yeah, I uh, I mean, really it's a saving grace, especially with the depleted lineup and question marks with Sam before it's gonna come down to it's gonna come down to just touchdowns. Like mm-hmm. is Kenneth Walker gonna fall in for a touchdown? Is Trevor Lawrence is he has he kind of flipped the script on on Jacksonville's offense starting out the year and what we've seen the last couple weeks going up against Indianapolis. So maybe that's a plus matchup, but you take anything in the division, you always take it with a, with a grain of salt. But yeah, Mark Andrews, is he falling in? Is Amon Ra, is he completely healthy? He's going up against, he's going up against the, like a sneaky, no one knows. So no one still knows Tampa Bay team that has put the brakes on some offenses. So there's some question marks, but I think in this matchup, going going up against a uh, Trace team that just has heavy hitting, just monsters, it ultimately it's just going to come down to Jamar Chase again. Is he going to stoke a little bit of a fire uh, uh, coming off those comments from from DK? Is it n- another twenty burger, thirty burger that's going to set the table for um, for Phil's team? And I mean, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. I don't see it. I just don't see it with this. Yeah. Rashawn Johnson is that addition that he plugged in this lineup when he was shooting us attacks, and that's all. That's all contingent if Khalil Herbert is not playing, and it looks like he is doubtful. 
Yeah, he's but, not going to play. But also, Rashawn had a concussion, so he might not even play. He that, might not even play. Yeah, that's yeah. the question mark. And also, I'm not saying Rashawn Johnson won't be a good running back. Who knows? He might have a good week this week. But from what I've seen so far, I'm, I have not been impressed. He's a big back, and he's a, a physical runner. But he's not someone where I'm like, damn, like this guy. I'm like, I've seen Zach Charbonnet run, and I'm like, this guy is a legit NFL running back. I've seen Roshan play. Could he be one? Sure, but it just doesn't look like it. Um, and I and I understand why Phil still has Zach Charbonnet because I I do feel like if Kenneth Walker ever goes down, Zach Charbonnet is going to be one of those guys. Not saying it's yeah. going to win Phil the league here, but in other leagues uh, could be that Kenneth Walker of last year. Yeah, I yeah I, I definitely feel it. And you know what? If Roshan Johnson's not good to go. We got big old Deontay Foreman sitting there on the waiver wire, ready to hit a twenty burger for Phil. But I'm I'm not optimistic, and I'm not optimistic because he's going up against a buzzsaw, Jake. He's going up against the number one team for honestly for a reason. I think uh, Josh Allen, Josh J- Josh Jacobs, and Tyreek Hill, this three headed like consistent monster. Uh, going Tyreek Hill in Miami going up against Carolina that has just. Not only not only are the worst team in the league, but have shown it. It seems like in every game, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Allen is on this uh, kind of world-beating tour. Ever since that Miami matchup, uh, going up uh, going up to London, hitting twenty-seven points, kind of back to that floor. I, it's always funny after the first week, uh, first week against the Jets, and he had a staker, three interceptions, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, the Dolphins are the yeah. team of the league," and the Jets. Look at the Jets shut him down, but. This is what you get out of Josh Allen. You get these, you get these twenty-seven point outings. You just clean up the clean up the the interceptions, and he would be even higher as the number one position ranked quarterback. But um, Josh Jacobs against New England, honestly, I feel like that's gonna be a boring game. I feel like that's gonna be like the lowest of lowest scoring games. But even in these games where that offense is going, they're just they force feed him. Uh, 17 targets or 17 carries uh, two weeks prior hit 20 this past week against Green Bay in that game that was kind of back and forth tight uh, Jacoby Myers he's still rolling out Jacoby Myers does he not have a better option than Jacoby Myers or is just Jacoby oh, put Myers some, put some is, respect on Jacoby Myers' name he is ranked 18th as a wide receiver which is not bad um, after and miss, and he, he's missed a game he, he's too, missed so. a game yeah so you know he I could see him putting up consistent you know, 12 to 15 points a week, which I think is pretty good for where, where Trey has him. It makes me sick to my stomach, though, seeing a 14-point projection next to my former boy, Prison Mike, Mike Evans. Um, but just it's there's not much to really say. I, he's got guys. We talk about with, uh, we talked about with Nick's team, and we had some questions about matchups and opponents. It seems like Trey almost has guys on his team. Um, maybe not Mike. I think TJ now with with Justin Jefferson gone, he's got guys that are just so good that they're just they're they're matchup proof. That not a lot of questions. You got people rolling over the same lineup every single week. Whether that's depending on we got teams like Phil that just doesn't have a bench and can't be creative and kind of play around with like tough matchups. Certain guys, but mm-hmm. when it comes to Trace team. Not only his starters, but like even his bench. Like, God, I would love to have Tua as like, oh my, Anthony Richardson's out. I I can just throw Tua in. He's got that luxury of having Josh Allen and Tua. For some reason, he also has Russell Wilson. I don't know, but um, 
And then he's got guys like Tyler Lock and Rashad White. So he's got plenty of options in case any funny business happens leading into the weekend. But I am just roster baiting all over this roster. So I need to take a break, Jake. Why don't you help um, me out here? Yeah, I, I still have uh, Trey's team. This isn't the team that he won with last year. And I will say that. I don't think it's the same team. He had... Um, he had, I believe it was either three or four players that were, you know, top, it was so top, top five. Yeah. And it was, it's all that he really needed because the other parts of his players were guys like Jacoby Myers. I see two players here that are going to be top three in their respective positions. And then besides that, I, I'm not sure what I'm getting. Um, Josh Jacobs, I do think is a very good running back. But I don't think that he is necessarily. I, I just I'm not buying into Josh Jacobs as an RB one. Um, I, I I'm buying hard. into Pacheco as an RB one. I an, think as an RB one as a as a yeah. top ten running back in fantasy. I completely I disagree. Think at this, I think at this pace that he's going right now, even in these low games, the the offense really hasn't been there. Even in this matchup today, they were struggling moving the ball. It seems like a lot of the time, a lot of the offense was predicated off Pacheco, like. He had near 100 yards total offense. He didn't get the touchdown this week, but he's chipping in on these. It always seemed like Pacheco was like uh, like last year. He had that big game against the Chargers, and then he struggled. He either wasn't getting the targets, or or he wasn't getting the end zone. But he was he was always like stopped short, and then they would pick up they would pick up the touchdown with someone else. He he the way how many carries he's getting right now? He's got last four games. He got 15, 20, 16, 16, and then a combined of. What are we looking at here? Ten catches through the air. It seems like Jared McKinnon, they're phasing him out. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is nowhere to be found. And they're using him, it seems like, in all aspects. And when they're still struggling trying to figure out what who are the wide receivers we go to, um, Travis Kelsey came back this week and in this matchup that was today, and he looked really good. But I even watched at the end of the game, he was hobbling off the field. Like, uh, he hobbled around just... last week and he scored a touchdown. It, it's uh, he uh, Travis Kelsey had 110 yards today, so yeah, I, I see what you're saying. He is definitely the number one on the Chiefs. There's no more questions about split backfield or anything like that. But I think a top RB in fantasy fantasy purposes, I, I don't see it. Um, for prior to this week, he's 13, and it's not like he's absolutely having these insane outings. They're they're rather consistent these outings and I think right now with running backs a lot of them getting hurt a lot of them getting banged out I think that he's RB1 by like availability at this point of the juncture and being able to being able where he drafted him at in the ninth round it's like one of those sneaky one of those one of those draft picks you're gonna look back come to come the end of the season you're gonna be like dude like how was he able to like his team stacked because he just he hit on one of these running backs it's him and Swift right now that I can see both being these top 10 backs that people just overlooked because of just their with KC and that offense. And it really never supported a, like a true running back. But like the last one was probably Jamal Charles. And then you had this Eagles team that everyone was scared about. And that was everyone was scared about because it was a four headed monster heading into this year. Um, it's it's whether it's luck or it's guys like Trey, that Trey seems to always have his guys, and Pacheco seems like he's one of those, one of his guys. And it just seems like right now, I think, I no, I just think number one, I just it just it's 
ridiculous. This guy keeps winning. It's so stupid. <laughs> well, I'm comparing it to last year to where Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs were like one and two for in yeah. fantasy running backs. Um, and I just don't see that with these two here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Jacobs, I don't think is having is going to have as great as year as he did last year going forward. But one guy that I think is definitely a top three player the rest of the year is Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek, it's one of those things when you when you have Tyreek playing where there's a very high probability that he scores you a touchdown. But with the amount of weapons that they have and how they kind of blow out teams, you would assume that Tyreek gets you points. But there have been some weeks this year where Tyreek, although they score a bunch of points, only gets you, you know, against Buffalo, they scored and they were down. So, like, you would think that he'll be getting those yards. But, you know, getting eight points here against the Patriots, that was a weird game, getting 12 points. But when he booms, he booms. And it is an instant 20, 25 plus. So Tyreek going forward, definitely good. Jacoby, we talked, I, I talked about, I think, is a very solid wide receiver too. Uh, flex play. And I think him and Mike Evans are kind of interchangeable in that. And then we talked about TJ in the past where, yeah, I think his stock is going to rise a lot now. Um and I think that he is going to be a pretty good option for Kirk. And I think they're going to try to hyper-focus in on him, especially in the red zone. Um, I think oh, yeah. in the red zone, TJ is going to to eat. I, I can see it kind of being the same as far as amount of targets and amount of actual catches and yards until you get into the red zone. And then I think that's where TJ kind of takes over. But Trey does have a very good team. He's 5-0 and for a reason. Um, and I think both of us are going to lean one way in this matchup. Yeah, I'm taking the notorious. I'm taking it big. Uh, I like I like Bill's team. I it, it's coming down to it's coming down to he's got to get a couple. Honestly, he's got to get a couple of twenty burgers. It seems like because you're rolling out Roshan Johnson, which I think for who he has on his team, it's the best option. I'm not expecting any. I'm not expecting projections at this point with the nine point four. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as Jacksonville's offense has turned it around, any. I'm convinced any game in the division is going to be tight. And Indianapolis, even without uh, Anthony Richardson, Gardner Mishu can kind of keep it close. Um, but I don't know. I, I, it's not that I hate Phil's team. I think I would be more happy with Phil's team than I am with my team this week. But it's just how much I love Trey's team. And I think Trey's team uh, definitely is in the realm of hitting that 120, especially with uh, – even though didn't hit projections, but a pretty uh, respectable outing from uh, Isaiah Pacheco in his first matchup. So I'm going to take Trey. Yeah, I'm going to take Trey as well. Uh, I think 120 is definitely around what he can score. I think Josh Allen against New York is just uh, like either either he just absolutely crushes those projections or like he's still getting 20 points. I, I don't see anything lower than 20 for Josh Allen. Um, I can even see some rushing touchdowns from him. Um, but everybody else, yeah, I mean, Pacheco didn't hit projections. I mean, I personally think 16 for him is crazy. I think 12 to, you know, in that realm is is right around 13. But, uh, yeah, I think Trey moves to 6-0. and um, And Phil's very close to that bearing. I want to talk about my matchup now. The cat hashtag claws up two and three going up against meet the Robinsons one and four last place. I didn't know that. Wow. Um, things might change though. He's starting off with a 34 point lead over me. 
KC's defense put up 15. Harrison Butker put up 19. I hate fantasy football. I love it. I, I, I truly love it. Uh, why would I else would I be doing a podcast mm-hmm. twice a week, two hours, recording till midnight? I love it, but I hate it. I hate it for things like this. He's got the lead, so let's talk about his team first. Um, Ryan Robinson needs to be out of the lineup, especially in this Falcons matchup. I don't. Uh, I see no merit in it, and I don't really see any backup. So I guess. Ooh, actually, he's the one that won the 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 Amari. How do we say his last name, Jake? Demarcado. Give it a shot. What'd you say? Demarcado. D. Demarcado. There you go. I'll take him against the Rams uh, over Brian Robinson. But when you have your team called Meet the Robinsons, you got to roll with your guy. Justin Herbert against Dallas. Um, you mentioned it in previous matchups. You're expecting a low scoring game out of there. DK against Cincinnati. Kind of low projections there for DK. 11 points. I know Cincinnati's mm-hmm. defense, their pass rush. And I saw with the Rams week one against Seattle. Now, week one is far removed from where we're at right now in week six. But maybe uh, maybe projections are expecting that Cincinnati defense is going to get to our boy Geno Smith. I don't know if he's your boy, but he's definitely my boy. Yeah. Alvin Ridley against Indianapolis. Who knows in that? You kind of roll the dice every week. Logan Thomas, I like that. I like Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas has always been Logan Thomas has always been like he's like one of the more athletic tight ends out there. He's always had banged up injuries. Yep. He's gotta stay healthy. any it's any tight end, I feel like, on uh the commanders or the old Washington <laughs> team name. They're always Jordan hurt. Reed. Remember shout Jordan out, Reed? Yeah, shout out Jordan Reed. How many how many toes did he have? Three? So how many Two? what do you have? More toes or more concussions? Uh, definitely more concussions. That guy always got banged up. But uh, that's kind of been the story of Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas actually had a pretty good week last week. He was kind of flashed uh, in the pan, 11 targets. And that's kind of what he can do. And there's a game where they can't get the ball moving. Logan Thomas can, if he can stay healthy, he can easily handle 10, 10 targets. And if you have a tight end on your team that can handle 10 targets, but when you're rolling with Logan Thomas, you're either rolling for hoping for no injury or – other weeks that he had where he didn't play one week and two other weeks he had two and three catches. So it's a tight end landscape. You got to take the gamble when you can. DeAndre Hopkins against Baltimore. Baltimore's defense is banged up. Uh, I believe Marlon Humphreys is back. He was Marlon Humphreys still week. on that team? Yeah, he, he was, came back he last week. He got burned by um, Oh, yes. I remember that. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is always just kind of a sketchy play uh, because mm-hmm. it just that offense, but he's picked it up. He picked it up last week at 18 points. Targets are there. I just feel like with him, the uh, uh, the quality of targets are probably a little bit more diminished than what he had, even though Kyler sucked last year um, during his time. But you can see the targets. He'll take the volume. You just got to roll with it. There's going to be a week where he's going to get, say, 11 targets, but may only get five catches because they're the only ones kind of catchable out there. But um, – Pretty pretty basic lineup. A lot of I feel like his team is there's there's a lot of there's not a lot of there's not a secure floor with the with the players that he has. I don't feel secure with Logan Thomas. I don't feel I don't feel secure with uh, Calvin Ridley in this Indianapolis matchup. I know it's a very weak indie defense, but 
um, like you've mentioned, Christian Kirk at home. It's for real, Jake. Uh, DK Metcalf. I don't really know. I, you know what? I can't. I don't even recall. Besides Week One against the Rams, I haven't really watched much of that Seattle. Uh, that Seattle offense. Uh, Metcalf is coming in this week. Uh, questionable. He's probably been questionable all year. He seems like a guy that's always kind of limping in, but relatively standard year so far. Peak at fourteen. I don't know what I'm getting at him. I, I like I mentioned. I don't like Brian Robinson. You mentioned it. You're you're expecting kind of a low outing, low scoring outing in that Chargers Dallas game. What do you think? I'm I'm just not sure on his team at all. Yeah, I'm not a. There's there's a lot of question marks, and I'm not entirely. I don't. Yeah, I don't know where this this. Uh, I mean, I declared Phillips's team dead. I mean, this team is, I think, one that kind of have to just roll it with it every week and just hope that you know your team wins but have very low expectations. He's already, you know, gone uh, 18 points over his uh, original projections this week with the Chiefs and Butker, so that's a great start for him, but so dumb. I don't know save save your just your complaining for later. I'm just um, just talking. I'm I'm Mr. Thursday night getting screwed, okay? It's happened multiple times this year. Um but I don't yeah, I don't know. A lot of these matchups I think they're just question marks. Uh, you said Brian Robinson. I don't mind Brian Robinson, but also just that game just screams boring to me. Commanders at Falcons, just ugh, no, and both of his running backs playing in that game. So good luck watching that at 10 a.m. because uh, I will not be. Um, DK and Calvin. Uh, DK is a consistent 10 to you know 12 points this year. And I think he gets right around that. I do think Calvin Ridley is the one that perhaps could, you know, we, we, I think we're kind of suckered into that first week and watching him go off, but this Colts secondary is not good. Uh, so I do think that Trevor Lawrence um, has a better game or has a good game this weekend. And then I'm not a fan of Deandre Hopkins. Um, you know, that Tennessee team is so hard to predict but I think one thing is for sure, DeAndre Hopkins, his years, his best years are definitely behind him. Um, and it's not necessarily his fault because I do think Ryan Tannehill is one of the worst quarterbacks in football. Um, and I don't even think Malik Willis or the other quarterback that they, uh, Will Levis, um, I don't think either of those guys are better than Tannehill or else I guess he'd be, they'd be starting. But yeah, I don't know. There's no one really on the bench. I mean, the only one uh, you talked about, DeMarcado, sure. But Keontae Ingram, if he is playing, he is listed number one on the depth chart. So who knows if you... We saw a little of him last year, and he actually had a good amount of juice. I like yeah, him. Yeah, so if, if he is playing, then you know, you're know you kind of screwed because you get probably 50-50 share. Yeah. Um, Josh Palmer, I think, is an interesting one because although that Raiders game was weird... <laughs> Um, Josh Palmer is, you know, a weapon that they use. He had eight targets in week four against the Raiders. And, you know, he kind of salvaged his day with that <laughs> big 40 to 50 yard pass at the very end of that game. But yeah. And Herbert, like I, like I said, I, I expect somewhat of a lower, lower scoring, a, a maybe like a 27, 21 or a, a 24, 21 type of game, but his hand is banged up. His finger is, um, is banged up, and I read today they're not taking any snaps under center. So 
read into that what you will. But yeah, I, I think this is a week for Phillips where I think he's lucky if he gets 120. You think he's lucky he's getting 120? Jake, what are the odds that I break 100 this week? Um, I don't know. I mean, well, I, 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 <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I declared both of your teams dead. So this is the dead, the dead matchup. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, while, while Phillips, I think, uh, you know, it's going to be tough for him to break 120. I do see some potential for you and some of these matchups. Uh, I Jordan, like my matchup. I yeah, really do. I, I do think Jordan Addison and Jalen Waddle are two that really stand out. Um, I think, you know, Miami is just such a buzzsaw right now. They're just going through everyone offensively. It's at home. Jordan Addison is going to be a primary target for Kirk Cousins. So I like those. Um, Derrick Henry, we'll see. Uh, Baltimore, I feel like usually their rush defense is much better than their passing defense. But Derrick Henry is is due for an end zone pretty soon. Um, And we'll see if Saquon plays. I am nervous for you that if he doesn't, you don't really have anybody else to play. You're going to either have to go with Justice Hill or you're just going to have to double up with Taiji Spears and Derrick Henry. Yeah, and that's, that's absolutely gross. But, I mean, we look at we look at my matchups last week, and it would have put me a little bit closer if I would have went Taji Spears. At this point, I, I'm rolling it out there because that offense is so bad that I definitely think that there is a scenario in in which – Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears can both get some. Um, yeah, if Saquon's out, I'm I'm in absolute trouble. Even if he's in, I'm not, not especially excited about this matchup. I just I Giants are awful, just absolutely awful. And if they're if they're forcing Saquon to kind of get in there, uh, given that he's been out for a while now, the last three, four weeks that uh, I can definitely see a situation where either it's a snap count or if they start losing early that they just pull him out. You know, the Matt Burita show, I should just pick him up again and just ride that oh, train again. Please but, do. Please. But, uh, no, I, I love um, – we talked about it. Uh, I don't think we talked about it on the pod, but when we were talking about Steph's team last week uh, in the last episode, we were talking about Dallas Goddard. And I, I don't know why I didn't make the analysis when I was going over his, but I talked about a lot with the Rams defense. They play a very like deep shell defense, and it, they 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 get killed underneath. They just that's just how they play. They 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 try to sit back, let the quarterback make the mistake, let him think that he can go long, let Aaron Donald get home. Uh, their defense allows for uh, a lot of just intermediate short routes. That's why I love, 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 love Hollywood Brown in this matchup. I think, I think, like he, I can see a world where he's getting ten catches, ten catches for like ninety-five yards and a touchdown. Uh, it, it sets up good for him, so I'm excited about that. Phil, uh, Phil Waddle against Carolina. You, you mentioned it. I like my team. I like Matthew Stafford picking him up. I'm not going with Jared Goff against Tampa because I'm just not sure what I'm getting out of that matchup. I'm a little bit more sure that Matthew Stafford can move the ball, especially with Cooper Cup. Having him come back last week, that offense looks even almost even better, uh, which is crazy because they've had a pretty efficient offense. More first half, second half, they keep falling apart. Maybe they get that fix against an in-division opponent that they kind of handled uh, in the Sean McVay era. George Kittle, it's going to come down to George Kittle. 
what, what is it the George Kittle two point game or is it the in between what we saw last week? Not three touchdowns. Give me a let me just take one touchdown. That'd be fine. Um, but I like my matchups. What I just don't like about me as a person and as a fantasy owner is that. I mean, let's face it. I made the playoffs last year. I'm starting off this season. I'm a very marginal team. I I don't crack a hundred points, and it. I'm complaining about. I'm complaining about being behind on Thursday night and it's 34 points. Yes, granted, it's two two players on his roster, and it's not a 50 burger that you dealt with last week. But my historically, the last season and a half, it seems like my teams don't do well coming back. They don't do well hitting that 120 number. I've struggled with it. I got a couple of question marks. Derek Henry, Saquon, uh, George Kittle. Um, Blake Rupi's not in a dome this week, so that oh, kind is. of freaks me out. As, oh, there's a dome in Houston? I mean, it's inside. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? That <laughs> just changed your entire the, outlook, huh? I'm taking the cat. I'm taking the cat with the win here. I uh, I don't see 120. I don't see I, – I, I'm breaking 100 this week. I'm breaking 100. Um, if I can flirt 110, maybe, 110, 115, that 120 number is going to come down because obviously it's inflated with a Harrison Butker 19-point outing. Um, I love I, – I, I like my players more than uh, Phillips teams. I like my matchups a little bit more. So I think the Cats going 3-3. Three and three. Wow! Um. Tough start uh, to this matchup for you, but I'm also going to take your team. Wow. Um, and I, I just, until I see Phillips' team put up, and it's weird me saying this when your team has barely hit, uh, you've only hit 101s looking at these stats here. Um, but until I see Phillips' team, um, Phillips has consistently. Phillips is basically in the same boat as you. Now, Phillips has hit 100 four out of his five weeks, but his last three weeks have all been 104s, which is kind of crazy. And then his win was 105. So he has yet to break 105, um, and you have yet to break, I believe, I think you scored 104 was your most. So we're looking at two teams. Like I said, these teams, it doesn't matter what happens. They're both dead. Um, but whoa, I will take whoa, your whoa, whoa, whoa. I will take your Easy. team. I will take your team just based off of the players um, and them having higher outputs, a potential higher uh, higher outputs than than Phillips. I go three and three, and I got a chance, Jake. Mm, possibly. That means you have to beat out. Sam, I do go through the gu- you have Sam. to beat out uh, most likely Nick because right now it's probably Brian, Trey, Shane, and yeah, so those three. So that would be Sam, Nick, Steph, you, and then possibly me if I can get a fucking win here. <coughs> Yeah, you can bring us in on your matchup. I need buy luck. When when do I get luck with buys? Give me like a Stefan Diggs buy. David Montgomery buy. 
Bengals bye. <laughs> the whole team. <laughs> Okay, bring us in when you're ready. Ooh, T. Higgins is healthy. Kind of. Did he practice today? He's in another one of yeah, my Yeah, he's limited. God, knowing Sam, she's going to just plug him in Sunday and then get 30 points out of him. Mm-mm-mm. All right. <coughs> All right, before we get to our matchup of the week, we have one other matchup to talk about. My matchup, Team Mercier against Nakuna Matata, but that team name does need to change. I have not had time. I have a full full week off now, um, taking a nice little break from work. So we're going to be in the lab trying to come up with uh, a new team name. (laughs) Spend the whole week, your whole week off, just trying to think of one team name. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, maybe I need I need just to come up with something to to you know reverse this this start to the season. But let's jump on Sam's team first, um, as she did not have anyone play tonight. But a team that has players that you know, David Montgomery, please just. Don't don't make it hurt this weekend. That's that's my number one. Is I don't want to have to turn on that game and see three goal line touchdowns going to to David Mont to Monty. Yeah, I mean they're going against a Tampa Bay that I I've talked about. I have a lot of questions about both ranked against the running backs. Uh, but if I'm going through going through who they played so far, uh, they haven't played like teams with like excellent running backs. I mean, they played against the Eagles. That was a high scoring game. Vikings stunk at the beginning of the year. They went, played the saints without Alvin. So I think there's still some question marks on how well that defense is, but uh, I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, 19, he had 20 points last week, 33 the week before. Only reason probably he's not the number one running back is that he missed one week. And, um, I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is always going to be number one, but well, yeah, I guess forgot. It, yeah, I forgot Monty about is just someone that it's crazy. I'm looking at right now projected points for running backs, and he is number two uh, this week, um, and playing a you know a little bit of below average defense. But yeah, Sam's got a team that I think with some changes that have occurred over the last couple weeks. Like uh, Joe Burrow, or swapping Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, swapping a David Montgomery for, I feel like she had somebody else in that second spot. Oh, no, it was Alexander Madison. So kind of putting Madison yeah. on the plugs play to whether you can <clears throat> put Madison on the bench or if T. Higgins is healthy, you can start T. Higgins. Um, she's done a kind of a good job of kind of, you know, finding, navigating her way to a very solid team. Having someone like Brandon Ayuk, who was on the bench for a lot of the, her season, and then now he's starting to play because he is producing. You know, Sam has a team that I, that I think, um, you know, shows some promise here. In what world are you benching Zach Moss? I I know, obviously, for your sake, that you're you need this Jonathan Taylor takeover to happen in that Colts running back room, mm-hmm. but I. 
Oh my God, that would be such a tough decision for Sam uh, benching Zach Moss at this state, uh, especially last week having that big outing, one sixty-five, two touchdowns. Uh, especially going up against, I guess Chicago. Madison actually has been pretty consistent. So I mean, if you're, I guess if you have any worry, uh, if you have any worry, or you if if you're Sam and you think that I don't know the. The, the change in the running back room is going to take place this week. Zach Moss is, in, is the way that he's been running. If anything, right now, he's almost playing for he, – he's almost playing to get traded to another team so that they can, like, fulfill, like, everything he's been doing so far. But if you think that this may be the week where they start switching it and giving John Hill a little bit more of the run, you kind of want the more consistent piece with Alexander Madison. Uh, but, man, having Zach Moss on the bench, it's a very – very nice uh, luxury to have for Sam. Uh, Joe Burrow's also on the bench. T. Higgins, uh, right before we started this intro, I, I brought it up to, uh, to Jake that I didn't even know he was healthy. I mean, they have a projection next to him. So that was something that she relied on all at the start of the season. But now it's Brandon Ayuk said it, forget it at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. He's, he's going to be top 20, I think. As it's by season's end. Uh, it, we're, they're going up against uh, a Cleveland defense that I that I mentioned. Hey, I have some question marks about them, considering that uh, the offenses they played heading into this year. But one thing that I know is that that rush with uh, that pass rush is just legit. And guys like Miles Garrett, they're going to get home. It's going to be quick throws. And if there's any guy on. The Niners, the only guy on the Niners uh, offense that I can trust in terms of like kind of getting the ball out quick, trust McCaffrey. I don't trust George Kittle because I, I feel like he's going to be used to block a shit ton this week. So sucks for my team, me coming to that, uh, that revelation now. But it's Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has continued to have just been that safety blanket for Brock Purdy in this offense. Not only a safety blanket, just getting these like crap check downs, but just explosive plays as well his his uh his yak it seems like he's 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 not just catching the ball laying down like he's pretty he's very explosive so even with the healthy t higgins it's what a nice bench piece to have because uh brandon Ayuk Ayuk is just cooking yeah um I, I agree on all those accounts. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I do think for me this week, and I've already started out with a 17 point lead, which was good. And, and I'll take that. Um, but her team in my eyes is very touchdown dependent. Um, uh, David Montgomery, who scores a lot of touchdowns. Um, you got Stefan Diggs. What I really need to have happen is, limit those touchdowns and hope that the bears somehow play defense on Sunday. Uh, Cause yeah, Kirk cousins has a good game, but nothing crazy. Um, and Alexander Madison doesn't find the end zone. Um, <clears throat> you know, then, then I think I have a ch- chance. I would love if Stefan Diggs can just get his a hundred yards and no touchdowns. Um, Cause that basically will, you know, cancel out Travis Kelsey and Stefan Diggs. So um We'll see. Lions defense on the road. I think that's a little bit of an interesting play. They've been good this year, um, but I do feel like a lot of their success has been at home. Um, but, you know, it's not like Tampa Bay has is, has a crazy offense. So we'll see going with that. 
But I, I am interested if T. Higgins does play, if Sam decides to do a swap. Um, Zach Moss. Loves T. Higgins. Yeah, that, and then, you know, maybe she swaps T. Higgins for Madison. And then I'm hoping that T. Higgins, you know, has one of his kind of dud games. Uh, but he also could drop 25 points. That's the kind of yeah, one. Yeah, I, I would be worried about that because uh, Joe Burrow last couple weeks looked a little bit healthier. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you would want out of that situation. Obviously, Madison in there, um, there's definitely still a little bit of a stigma about Madison, especially all those drops early in the season, all these horrible death threats that he was getting that he was costing the team. But consistency is there. Uh, I think consistency is there for Madison where uh, it's more of a safer play. Uh, T. Higgins, though, I feel like if she was maybe – I don't know. I don't know what she does. She's got a lot of questions. She's got a lot of questions. I feel like T. Higgins would be the play that I would want. Take a swing at. I'd take a swing at kind of the uh, high, the high ceiling at a at a T. Higgins because um, while Travis Kelsey would go over to your team, didn't have this remarkable day. It always stinks uh, looking at your team. He didn't have a remarkable see. day. Is, are we are we just like now? Not nine catches for one hundred and twenty four yards is just thrown under the bus. Yeah, it is when it comes to Travis Kelsey. Uh, I, I mean, mean I, I don't agree with that, but all right. Okay, well, still, my larger over, point. He went over his projections. Okay. 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 It's not like he had, like, 25, 30 points. No, when does I he ever have still... 25 or 30 points? He rarely ever has mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. He's probably had that last year. Maybe it once or twice, but it's not like he, had, he did not have a bad day. <laughs> I'm not saying he had a bad day. What I was trying to say was that when you're looking at your matchup now Thursday night and your opponent already met or even exceeded uh, projections like Travis Kelsey did, may it may spur her to be like, hey, I got to make – I'm already down the eight ball. Projections are already high. I'm looking at my projection total, which are a total sham. And I'm sure. and I may be inclined for her to be like, hey, I like T. Higgins more, higher ceiling. I know he's had some games where he's been targeted like seven times and didn't pick up anything, but mm-hmm. T. Higgins might be the better play because of just the start that you have with Travis Kelsey. Now, if Travis Kelsey would have had a four or something like that, maybe I'd be more inclined to go to Alexander Madison. I've seen every week besides one that he's clipped in eleven points. Yeah, that's still within the realm of possibility against Chicago. That offense is picked up. I don't think their defense is really picked up. I don't. I don't think anything transformally changed their defense. Minnesota is still going to score. We saw stupid screen pass from from Kirk last week with Alexander Madison. So, like, that's always a viable option that I know that they can get through. But uh, he's got a tough decision. Yeah, let's head over to my squad. We just talked about Travis Kelsey. Um... Going over his projections, which you will take anytime, doesn't matter who's playing, anytime that you, you know, have a Thursday night game and your player goes over projections, it's a definite win. Um, but we talked about this last podcast where I'm slowly coming to the realization where it's a lot of just names and not necessarily mm-hmm. out- outputs. So looking at Lamar, uh, 21 points, I do think is a lot for him. Um, and he is definitely dependent on scoring rushing touchdowns this year. Um, I will say I do like having that Tennessee matchup in the sense of if their receivers can actually catch the ball, I can see him having a very successful day. Um, I can see Zay Flowers 
having a good day. Uh, Rashad Bateman, I could see him having, uh, you know, something that's actually surprising, which is probably more than like six fantasy points for him. Um, Mark Andrews having a good day as well. I think they're going to struggle to run it on the ground, to which I can see Lamar being able to to use um, his arm more. And perhaps, you know, scamper in those five, 10 yard uh, planned rushing attacks inside the red zone. Looking at Alvin Kamara, who's been very good since he's come back. Um, I've been very happy with Kamara. He has gotten um, close to 15 points week one, 17 points last week. They gave him the ball a lot in the second half of last week. And that was nice to see 22 carries for 80 yards and a touchdown and still caught three passes. Um, so <clears throat> Alvin is basically what, you know, I had hopes from him and drafted him, um, in the sixth round. I think that he is going to continue to be someone that, you know, I can count on around 12 to 15 points a week. I don't know what I'm going to get out of Jonathan Taylor. This is a big, big, big question mark because I do think with a full week of practice, he is someone that's going to, of course, get an uptick, but if they start Zach Moss in the first series and he's running the ball like he did last week, I think the same thing is going to happen. I think they're going to run Zach Moss. They're going to let JT get maybe a few more carries, but nothing to which you would expect him to get 15 or 20 carries. Not, not even close. So we'll see how that uh, begins. Um, I don't necessarily have a running back. I could, um, you know, in picking up Chuba Hubbard, I could, you know, use him. Jerome Ford is someone that I, um, in the trade with a Shane for AJ Brown, I grabbed, but I hate that matchup. Don't want to touch him with San Francisco. We've seen San Francisco absolutely stifle running backs. And I don't think Jerome Ford is necessarily an efficient and good running back. I think for fantasy, he is someone that's going to get the carries, but I, I, it's, it's basically, I have to hope for a touchdown or two from him. And with no Deshaun Watson, Good luck. Um, looking at some of the other players, Garrett Wilson, AJ Brown, their teams face off against one another. I do think this might be a sneaky, good Garrett Wilson day. Finally, we'll just see if Zach Wilson can get him the ball. I would like for him to, you know, be able to break one off, like for instance, against the Cowboys um, in week two. AJ Brown, most likely going up against Sauce. Don't like that matchup at all for AJ Brown, but who knows? Maybe AJ Brown. Have a good week. And then my flex play, um, it's either Chuba, uh, Chuba, Mari Cooper. I don't like that match in San Francisco. <clears throat> and I'm not starting two tight ends. So um, we'll see. This this defensive play here is – I can't believe that I'm, that I'm doing this. Um, it's ballsy. Absolutely ballsy. Yeah, and it's only because of who they play. It's not because of the defense itself. I can't wait to see Mac Jones get benched at halftime. Um, And the Raiders defense, what I am banking on is the long arms of Max Crosby. You need Max Crosby to get home, like, on almost every play. Taking uh, Mac Jones down and Mac Jones not being able to protect the ball. They played last year, um, and that was that crazy ending to where, like, the Patriots lateraled it backwards, and then Chandler Jones Mm -hmm. just crushed Mac Jones and took the ball and went into the end zone and won the game. Um, Damn, you're fishing for a pick six or something? that's, that's, That's my thinking, is that I don't think... This could bite me in the ass. I don't think the Patriots are going to score that many points. Their offense has looked Mm -hmm. 
terrible. So limit yeah. the points. I know they're going to give up a couple sacks, so I'm getting some points there. And I'm hoping for a pick six. Mac, Mac Jones has thrown multiple pick sixes this year, um, and he is just not he's not held onto the ball. Now, what could happen is you know a turnover happens, and then I have to deal with uh, Bailey Zappi, and then perhaps he probably does a better job than Mac Jones. But I just hate the way that the, the Patriots' offense just looks so bad. One of the worst offenses in football right now. Um, and the Raiders being at home, coming off a big win, and perhaps that momentum can kind of you know continue. They had a good defensive uh, game plan and output against the Packers. They got twelve points against the Packers, which is pretty big. So yeah, give me the give me the Raiders because the slim pick is out on the on the defensive um, defensive waiver wire right now. There's some good defenses out there, but they're playing tough teams. Um, I'm not yeah. sure if the Browns necessarily are out there, but they're playing like they're playing the Niners. You have the Jets um, playing the Eagles, so you have some good defensive units. Just playing tough teams this week, and so I'm looking for a squad that can perhaps um, go off for me. If if you're looking for a shot in the dark, you gotta hope Raiders are playing a bad offense, like like you have here, and a pick six is always in the conversation. When Marcus Peters is roaming around oh, yeah. that defensive unit, that guy, that guy is fiending to jump around and take one to the crib. So I, I don't mind it. I mean, if you're looking for points, you're looking for something to kickstart your team. Yeah, I, I don't mean, mind it. But, yeah, like the Saints had a pick six last week. Good defense. Dallas, very good defense. Um, had a pick six and I think a defensive touchdown as well. Um, Mac Jones has thrown six picks this year um, and only five touchdowns. His best week by far was week one, where he's had three touchdowns and one pick. After that, he's had two touchdowns and five interceptions. So I'm kind of just going off the stats here. I'm kind of looking and seeing, you know, Mac Jones has <laughs> his last two weeks, he's thrown for 110 yards and he's thrown for 150 yards. Just not good. Just a, no. not a good quarterback whatsoever. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure on him this week. And could he rise to the occasion? Sure. But, you know, the Patriots are one and four. That's not a team that seems, you know, like they're going to just turn it on and turn the offense on. So, give me the Raiders. Wait, wait! I had the soundboard. Uh, yeah, too late. Wait, I got it right here. This could oh, all I very much change soundboard. Sunday morning. Um, by the way, disclaimer. Uh, but no, I, most likely I will ride with them just because it is nice to have a little bit of a cushion at at seventeen points to start to start the week. All right. Well. I'm going to go first. Jake, I don't like your team. I'm taking Team Mercier in this matchup, and I, that probably helps you out. But I I like Brandon Ayuk. I like Stephon Diggs. I, Joe Mixon is like, he's not like this world beater that that Steph drafted him at. No, she loves Joe Mixon. She obviously Sam. loves the Bengals. But, oh, my bad. Whoops. That was, sorry, Team Mercier. But, uh, yeah, I, like, I just, more consistency out of the team. I, I'm not sure. I don't know why you think this is a Garrett Wilson game. I feel like I feel like Zach Wilson is going to get eaten alive by that defensive unit. Why I'm so excited having their defense this week. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I, I I fear with your team that it may be a situation that with Jonathan Taylor, uh, Jerome Ford, and Chuba Hubbard. Now you may switch it out. You may pick one of those guys to start. Ed is Jonathan Taylor, but I would imagine you're going to be rolling with JT. But 
could be a situation where it's just a close matchup, and it's going to come down to like a tough decision you got to make with one of those three running backs. I feel like one of those three running backs uh, could be the difference in this matchup, uh, since I see it being close. But I'm going to take Team Mercier in this matchup. Yeah, I <clears throat> I need I need a win bad. Uh, one and four is not where I thought I would be. I thought at least two and three. We talked about this as well. A couple changes, you know, on my end when I'm looking at um, three and two at the very least. Um, but Sam, I think, just has potentials for touchdowns. And it's going to be hard for me to um, to kind of get over that hump because I don't think I have a lot of guys that are going to, they're not going to have the Travis Kelsey game. Like I know Travis Kelsey is consistent for, you know, he's going to get me a hundred yards a lot of the times. Um, but the rest of my team, I don't see that. So I have to hope that they get touchdowns. Sam's team. These guys get touchdowns. David Montgomery touchdown machine. Stephon Diggs touchdown machine. Kirk cousins, very good matchup. Um, and I'm, I'm not necessarily like, too concerned about Ayuk, and I think Mixon is, you know, a, a very high um, probability of getting a touchdown. So I will also take Sam's team, um, and, but I but I gotta hope that you know vintage Jonathan Taylor comes back and uh, takes me to the to the winning side. Yeah, matchup of the week: House Targaryen two and three going up against QB Sneak. QB Sneak's one of the hotter teams in the league, but the roster bait a little bit, Jake, on House Targaryen. If if DJ Moore is for real, I uh, I I I can't think of a scarier lineup than House Targaryen. I love Eckler, I love Kyron, I love Cooper Cup, and it feels kind of gross saying, but I love Adam Thielen, and I kind of love Adam Thielen in this matchup too. Uh, just considering how many points are going to be scored on the Miami side and uh, his involvement in this offense right now, the eleventh ranked wide receiver i don't see that changing and it's not like his stats are are insane like this is insane even for like adam Thielen, uh minnesota viking uh days with these 100 100 yard uh outings but even if i'm getting uh adam Thielen seven catches 54 yards and a touchdown that he had a week two um that especially him being the number one option for that team um their defense is bad and it's not like their offense is just absolutely by the wayside, but he's the de facto. There was a lot of question marks with Carolina where we were poking holes on their offensive weapons. We had no idea. There was like, was it Terrence Marshall? There was, that was yeah. an option. Uh, Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo. He hasn't really like, separated himself. I mean, he's a rookie. What do you kind of expect? But Adam Thielen, his sure hands, like, as a flex option in this Miami matchup, the plus matchup and DJ Moore, DJ Moore is the second ranked wide receiver in football. And obviously it's coming off of that 50 point burger, but you're looking three weeks after, but prior to that 23, 11, 13, that's what, that's what Steph drafted him at. And the addition of Cooper cup and hopefully, um, I think for your stake, Jake, as a chargers fan and for Steph's sake, <clears throat> having Austin Eckler on her team that she kind of tread the water pretty well. She's holding on to the sixth, sixth spot right now, uh, two and three. So season end today, she's in the playoffs and she weathered the storm. That was Cooper cup on the IR and having the outing that he had last week shows that 
guy's not slowing down. He's still going to pick up your 12 targets, 118 yards. And going up against Arizona this week, I feel like both Kyron and Cooper, just that offense as a whole, will move the ball. Arizona's going to move the ball too. So it's like that may be a game where they're going to go back and forth with each other. I, I just love her matchup. I, I'm, if I'm Steph, I'm a little bummed, and I continue to be bummed about Patrick Mahomes still. Still top 10 in terms of quarterbacks right now, but you're getting a rather low consistency. I mean, 30, 30 completions out of Patrick Mahomes in years past, especially when like Tyreek Hill was on the team. You're, you're getting probably bonker numbers, but still, uh, interceptions continue to be a problem. Uh, he is continuing running the ball. He had another 31 yards, but only a 17 point outing and a very plus matchup against a very beatable Denver defense. But all in all, I I just I love her matchups and I and I just love the projections of her teams going. Hell, I can almost get behind Dallas Goddard. That's how much I'm roster baiting over her lineup. <laughs> um, yeah, Steph has done a great job fixing her team because Ramondre and Damian Pierce are on the bench now, where her starting running backs slash flex play um, going into the first couple weeks, and we looked at it and we were just like, this team stinks. Um, you know, we had Christian Kirk, we had DJ Moore <clears throat> those first couple of weeks as well. Dallas Goddard was catching maybe one or two passes in the first couple of weeks. Um, and just, you know, not really doing much, but then, you know, everything flipped or switched the, the light switch went on last week, team flipped around and dropped 160 points. So Steph has done a very good job. Like you said, of weathering the storm as far as injuries and, you know, holding out for Cooper Cup. Um, and I agree. I, I, I think, think just pressure. I think pressure, too. Sorry to interrupt you. But, like, I mean, we grilled her. We grilled her a lot on her lineups, her lineup choices. And um, I don't know. She kind of just seemed like she just stuck to her gun. She was a little creative. Was it two weeks ago when she was, what was it, 2-2? Two, two and the other whiteout that well, she had there. Was some... Yeah, I, I don't think she stuck to her guns. I think she, and I'm not saying that we should take credit for it, but I don't know if she listened to us, but we told, we were saying this in the podcast, take chances, take big swings on some of these players. For instance, mm-hmm. like Kyron Williams, like drop some fab, and not that she really spent too much on him. She only spent $7 on him, but like drop some money on some of these guys to really take swings um, and see what you can get. You know, dropping 12 bucks for Adam Thielen going to you know, Tank Dell is not someone that really has gone off. But, you know, some of these high upside players, Tutu Atwell at the time, $17 she spent on him. So like she was using her fab to really strengthen her depth because I remember week two, week three, we were looking at her bench and just being like, why are these players on your bench? Gerald Everett, like, why are you, you know, playing or like the possibility of these players playing when they have no reason to be on your roster? So take chances on players with very high upside. And she's done that with Thielen, with Kyron Williams, with Tutu, who's, who when he subbed in for, you know, for the first couple of weeks and he was, you know, scoring a good amount of points. You know, she picked up someone like Jalen Warren. I know that I've talked about Jalen Warren, who, yeah, he might not, you know, have be a sexy running back, but you, it, when watching the games, you can see there's something there with them. So if Najee ever goes out, you're holding on to a really good piece. This team is the opposite of Phil's team, where Steph did a great job of getting these high upside players. Now, Phil did go out and get a chain, and he was awesome. And then, of course, it fills luck. Um, he's out for the next four to five weeks. But, you know, if you go to Phil's team and you're looking at players like Wandell, Tank, um, 
Jarek McKinnon. Those aren't high upside plays. Um, and, and Steph did a really good job of switching her team around to get these high upside plays and then put them in the lineup as well with her strong, you know, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup type of players. Um, and it is crazy. It's crazy to think that Patrick Mahomes right now, maybe besides Dallas Goddard, is like the weak spot to her team. Um, yeah. Because Patrick Mahomes and watching his games the last few weeks, yeah, they don't throw the ball down the field. He dinks and dunks around 10, I mean, 30, 30 completions for 300 yards, 10 yards. That's, and, and I saw Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey had a 40 yard catch. He had multiple 20 yard catches, had multiple 15 yard catches. So everything besides Travis Kelsey, I can guarantee you was around five to six yards a catch. Um, it was not anything impressive. You're right. He's not, he's not holding on to the ball. Um, he should have more interceptions. That is the Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what he did. He sold his soul to the devil. But if you watch him play, there are multiple balls that are thrown that should be intercepted every single game. And he, sometimes he gets away with it. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, <clears throat> so Steph has a very good team. Um, and we'll see, like you said, Cooper Cup, DJ Moore. We know what we're getting out of Cooper Cup. DJ Moore has definitely found um, that chemistry with Justin Fields. So which now takes us over to the other side in which this is my favorite um, roster in our league with quarterback sneaks and a Shane's team. Um, and when I look at a Shane's team, I will say, I think a little bit of it is that injury luck. I would have never traded Raheem Mostert yeah, but- if I knew that a chain yeah. was uh, getting hurt because Raheem Mostert, I think as an RB two, he's got two, according to fantasy, two of the top, three running backs right now in fantasy. Um, and you add that with Keenan Allen, you add that with someone like Puka who, you know, has shown um, last week, especially I mean, last week with Cooper cup coming back, he can still coexist. Justin Fields is now a top five quarterback in fantasy, which is basically where everyone thought he was going to be this year. Um, and, you know, he has Brees Hall on his bench. So I'm looking at this team. I think this is a very solid team across the board. Not really high on Darren Waller. CD, I think, is – is uh, we talked about this um, in the wrap-up of last week, not really high on CD. But, you know, Christian McCaffrey's getting a touchdown every single game. Um, and so that is just crazy to think about. You're looking at Justin Fields, who they're going to offset with perhaps DJ Moore. But Justin Fields can easily use his legs, I think, in this game. I think that's going to be a high, very high-scoring game. So I personally like Shane's team. Um and I think this is I think this, there's a reason why this is the matchup of the week. Yeah, I think I think we both have our opinions on both teams. We're both high on both teams. And yeah, I Keenan Allen, uh with Chargers coming off by now, he, he we talked about just QB Sneaks put output last week and how much we like him. It, you almost kind of forget now we're getting into the bye weeks. And Brees Hall's on the bench. Brees Hall especially last week, putting up a 25-burger. Tough matchup, obviously, against Philadelphia. And, you know, I don't – yeah, that's – he's tough to leave on the bench. He definitely is tough leaving leaving on the bench. He's got guys like Nico Collins as well. He's got a – this overall deep bench plus matchups. Chris McCaffrey's – I mean, he can bank on that automatic six points. Hopefully, I just didn't jinx it right there. But that six points you're getting from a touchdown, everything else he brings to the table. Raheem Mostert trade, him being a, almost a throwaway piece in that trade now. 
yeah. uh, just just looks incredible. Well, incredible luck and unfortunate uh, for you, for Phil, because no one really. I mean, we get people to be like, "Oh, we need an injury to so my guy can be that guy." No one really wants injuries. It sucks seeing it, especially the way a chain was was breaking out in his first season, but. Uh, when when someone goes down, someone else gets uh, brought back up, and QB Sneaks definitely landed on this opportunity. Now I'm talking about QB Sneaks team matchup wise. I'm taking House Shark area though. I uh, I'm banking on DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore is just kind of the the dark horse in this matchup. Yeah, Oddly but you also got to think who's throwing him the ball, which is going to be Justin Fields and quarterback Sneaks. So that well, offset- I'm getting more. No, I don't think so. I'm getting more points off DJ Moore. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it definitely puts a bummer into that. But I don't know. Even with that, I, I still, even with this plus matchup against Minnesota, they're not stopping anyone. Uh, oddly enough, let, give me one more week <laughs> with, with Justin Fields and just the offense in general. I, 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 I'm not going to, what we've seen the last two weeks, we've seen eight touchdowns and one interception out of Justin Fields. Not going to continue. Last week he had four touchdowns with five, 15 uh, completed. He's almost uh, 50% in terms of completion percentage. So I think uh, a little blown out stats there. And a lot of that came off just DJ Moore ripping everything for, for, <laughs> for like 40, 50, 60 yards. So even in this plus matchup against Minnesota at home, I, I'm not. I'm not expecting that 20 points. I, I can see a world where DJ Moore uh, cashes in with another touchdown. So if you're getting a limited offensive output, and then DJ Moore is the only beneficiary, I'll take that for House Targaryen. Um, but I just both teams are just stacked, absolutely stacked. If you're getting an Austin Eckler, a healthy Austin Eckler this week uh, against that Dallas team, that Dallas team hasn't looked. Uh, uh, Dallas' has run defense good. has been phenomenal. It's been it's been very good. You just watched them only hold Christian McCaffrey to fifty yards um, and holding them to nineteen carries for fifty one yards, two point seven. And I'm telling you right now, the Chargers' offensive line is not as good as San Francisco offensive line. So I like Keenan Allen more than Austin Eckler this week. Um, but I will say the Chargers have had two weeks to really prepare for this game. They had the bye week, uh, and that's a Monday night game, so they have a little bit extra time. While Dallas, perhaps you know, a, a, an embarrassing game against the the Niners, but I personally think uh, Keenan Allen will have a better time than Austin Eckler. Well, I made my pick, and I I mean I can talk about my Rams. I think that's a scary plus matchup against Arizona. They mm-hmm. cooked them all, cooked them during during the McVay era. So I'm taking House Targaryen. Are you going the flip side here? I am going to go on the flip side because I think Puka, who's also a Ram, has a plus matchup against Arizona. Um, and and I personally think a Shane will do this. I think a Shane will swap out the Niners defense for the Ravens defense only because the Niners are facing off most likely against your boy PJ Walker um, oh. in Cleveland. Um, and I, I just think the Niners defense against an uh, ex- well an experienced quarterback, but one that is not an NFL quarterback um, in PJ and kind of having a limited offense in Cleveland. I think that's going to be a, a, a smash mouth game um, where I do think the Niners win, but I think the Niners defense definitely will, will create turnovers, get sacks, all the above. 
Yeah, and I love I love the Raheem Mostert. Like he's got a great matchup this week against Carolina. Um, now there's always that possibility of him splitting time with Ahmed or perhaps Jeff Wilson Jr. to try and save Raheem over the course of the season because you want a healthy team throughout the the entire season. And we saw what happened to A Chain, but I will take uh, quarterback sneaks. I do think this is going to be an awesome matchup to watch throughout uh, Sunday. And going into Monday night, because Shane has two players playing on Monday night, uh, and Steph will have two players as well, um, Austin Eckler and the kicker. But um, yeah, give me a Shane um, to beat House Chargarian. All right, it is good to be back. Baki's bets, week six. Haven't spoke to the fans in quite a while. Week four, we were three and one while we're in Vegas. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes. Still too soon to go over that. Uh, going into yeah. last week while I was on my deathbed, Blake reached out, gave me three year picks, and I could not let the people down. And I didn't let the people down. We still had a winning week on two and one. Those picks were the Saints and the Patriots under. Uh, Patriots scored a grand whopping total of zero points, which anytime a team scores zero points, most likely the under is going to hit. Um, so shout out to Mac Jones, even though he contributed to probably half of those Saints points. Then the second game of the slate, Bengals-Cardinals. I took the under on that, mostly because I wanted to see if Joe Burrow could prove me wrong as far as scoring points as he struggled all year to do so. He did prove me wrong as he connected with Jamar Chase for three touchdowns and close to 200 yards. Um, Our third and final game. This was, I should have made this my Mega Max whale play of the year. The Cowboys at the 49ers. 49ers. um, Now I will say this. If this game ended with Cowboys or Niners winning by three, it would have been a loss. This was minus three and a half. Um, Shout out Blake in the graphics department. Um, but the Niners completely demolished the Cowboys. This game was not even close from kickoff. 49ers, 42-10 to 10 in an easy three-and-a-half point cover. Let's move on to week six. And I'm looking at these lines. These are some tough lines this week. Uh, I hate these lines. Yeah, they're, they're rough. Not looking forward to it. Um, but I will say I do like some of these point totals. So... We're going to start out here with Vikings-Bears over 44. Um, As of right now, the weather looks good. Always like to see some good weather in Chicago. Chicago's moving the ball, and they are moving the ball at a pace to where the overs are soaring. Um, And Minnesota, frankly, their defense, it has not been good. And so with Minnesota, even with losing Justin Jefferson, I still think they're able to move the ball down the field because Chicago's defense Ain't very good either. So give me the over and 44 points, Bears, Vikings. Another game, Panthers at Dolphins. I think the Dolphins can score and hit this total themselves. 47 and a half. Give me the over. Dolphins looking to score close to 30 points this week. Um, they struggled a little bit against the Giants. Um, they didn't struggle moving the ball. They struggled to cash in. I think they correct that. I think they score. Um, and I will say this. I think Carolina's offense 
isn't terrible. I think they'll be able to move the ball down the field. Miami's defense, not a huge fan of their defense, but I do think that the Panthers can score 14 to 17 points. Give me over 30 points for the Dolphins um, and give me the over for the 47 and a half points. Panthers, Dolphins. Last but not least, I don't know where I'm going with this one. I completely <laughs> blanked it out. It's tough. This is a tough, <laughs> tough week. Well, you don't um, have to do three if you don't have three. The people want three, though. And right now, can you get, do you know my, uh, do you happen to have my win loss on the year? No, I don't. We'll be in a graphic later. There we go. Prepared for the pod. Um, we are going to go to Eagles Jets, and we are going to lay the points with the Jets. Okay, this is not something that I am a huge fan of just because we've seen the Eagles just put it on the Jets, but the Jets have been playing some inspired football and watching them play against the Chiefs and at home and getting that kind of crowd, that energy feeding into them, watching them play for their head coach next week. I'm not saying this team's going to make the playoffs. I highly, highly doubt it. But I have a feeling one of these weeks, and watching the Eagles on the road this year has been has is it's been tough. It's been able to like watching the Patriots only losing or sorry winning by five. Um, they played a tough game at home against the Commanders. There are some times where the Eagles kind of take their foot off the gas, and I can see that up against the Jets this week. So buy a half a point. Give me a plus seven and a half. New York Jets against the Eagles. All right. Am I FJ? You want to remind them what the three picks are? Because I don't even know what your three picks were. I'm too busy stressing out about my pick because when you got crap games to pick from, I I'm keep like bouncing over the board and not knowing like, like, do I go with Indianapolis? But it's like Indianapolis statistically, it's just been the worst team. And they're on the road against a like you mentioned uh, with the Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars look inspired. So I'm two and two with my underdog picks of the week. And when you've got a growth board and you don't feel good about it, you just got to go grosser. I am going to be taking the New England Patriots over oh, the Vegas Raiders. Um, they are on the road in Las Vegas. This is simply coming down to two bad teams. Anything can happen, and I'm taking what I'm perceived to believe the better coach in this matchup. I'm taking Bill Belichick over Josh McDaniel. Um, there's been a couple of times we've seen it once happen. Uh, we've seen Josh McDaniel is not a good coach. A lot of questionable decision making. I think Bill's going to come into the game plan to completely neutralize uh, Devonte Adams. Uh, Present a lot of problems for Jimmy Garoppolo reading that defense. I see this being a game that's decided very late with a stupid field goal. Um, it's kind of a, a revenge season game for the Patriots, uh, given last year and that absolute dumpster fire at the end of the game there with the uh, defensive touchdown. I this is this is the best value that I see, and I mean I'm not. These are going to be one of those like blind bets where I'm going to bet. The Patriots, but there ain't no shots. I am watching this game, but taking the Patriots money line 
they're currently plus three, but when I'm taking a money line, I'm getting plus money. So give me the Patriots over the Raiders in Las Vegas. <laughs> I am actually going to apologize to America. Um, oh, no. I am not taking the Jets. I have uh, decided against it as Blake was talking about the Patriots, which I, I, I do like that pick. I think that is a – as I completely agree with you with Belichick is greater than McDaniels, um, even though both both those teams – yeah, I agree. I'm also not going to watch that game. Um, I'm going to continue with the point total, and I feel like I have been very good this year on over-unders, especially on the unders, and I hate betting unders. Um Blake and I were discussing this game and how gross this game we think it's going to be. I feel like this total is a little high, and it might be a little a stinky of a line, but Commanders-Falcons, if either of these teams can combine, if they can combine for 42.5 points, I will be surprised. I will be very surprised. I will actually be proud of some of these teams because I've watched the Atlanta Falcons this year struggle to score touchdowns in the red zone. Seeing young way Koo come out for too many field goals, and I feel like this is going to continue with the Commanders and the Falcons. The Commanders have to have – they have defensive players. They have Chase Young. They have Jonathan Allen. They have some other guys on the defensive line. And I don't see the Falcons being able to run the ball that well. I also don't see them being able to throw the ball that well because Desmond Ritter continues to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. On the 329 side, with a touchdown and a rushing touchdown last week for Desmond Ritter. Put some respect on his name. I'm sure if you looked at Boomer Bust, there'd be a lot more busts than booms for Desmond. Um, also, three three busts, two booms. I'm on a stage right now. So that's a big fan I yep. um, And you're never going to win with a player quarterback named Desmond on your team. You can bank that. Now, on the flip side, Atlanta's defense has been playing well, and I do think they have some players on defense. Um, Blake's favorite coach, uh, Arthur Smith, is that his name? Arthur Smith, yes. Um, They've done a really good job as of late. Um, They haven't given up more than 25 points in a game this season, and I don't see the Commanders being one of those teams that takes it over 25. I still see the Commanders struggling. They don't really have a run game. They don't really have a passing game. Sam Howell at times has shown that he has success, but that was a teams against that was against teams like the Broncos. Um, you know, we watched him last week against a team like the Bears not perform that well. That was at home. Goes on the road. Um, you know, I, I just it's it's hard for me to see over 42 and a half. So swap out my Jets pick. We're putting a big X through that. Um, we are gonna take the under on Commanders Falcons. So three games, all 10 o'clock games. Commanders Falcons under 42 and a half. Vikings Bears over 44. And Panthers Dolphins over 47 and a half. Now I did the numbers as Blake was also typing. We are 11 and 6 on the year, going at a 65% uh, win rate. You won't get that anywhere else besides Baki's bets. <laughs> 